Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing It in Real Estate. This week we have Mr. Jimmy Too. Hey, hey. Definitely. Jimmy's a wholesaler, rehabber, and developer all in the Bay Area. He's killing the game, man. Jimmy, welcome to the show, dude. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. I'm honored to uh, for free to have me. And uh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Um, like we were just talking about, I, you know, I'm a big fan of FAR. Just, uh, you know, appreciate everything you're putting out for the for the community. And, uh, you know, I'm honored to be uh, a part of the uh, of the show. So really happy you so having you show, bro. Hey, Jimmy, how'd you get started in the real estate? Uh, I'll give you the short version. So um, one of my earlier jobs was I started working for a, uh, a broker in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, this was 2000, early 2000s when um, people were doing a lot of uh, refis. Mm-hmm. And so I started off as a cold caller, man. I, I was, I was a part of this team. Uh, I was making you know tons of calls every day, uh, getting people to refi. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I started just to kind of get a glimpse of kind of what people were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it really wasn't until, um, you know, one day I was, I was, I was out to lunch. Um, my, my girlfriend, who is my wife now, um, she had told me, Hey, Jimmy, I I signed us up for this one real estate class. You want to go check it out? Um, so, you know, growing up, you know, um, uh, with an Asian family, my only interpretation of real estate was, you know, uh, buy a property, rent it out forever, and collect the cash flow, and that's it. Definitely. Um, so, you know, when I first started, you know, I just thought that you had to have a ton of cash in order to, uh, and really good credit to put down, buy a property, and just rent it out forever. So that was my mm-hmm. only interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because when I came back that day from uh, from lunch, um, my I found out, you know, that my entire department was going to be let go. Wow. And so, yeah. And so it was crazy. It was just so, you know, versus, you know, stressing off of it, you know, I kind of took that as a sign that, you know, maybe that's, um, you know, maybe that was pointing me in a, a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended, we ended up doing that two day teaser course, which, you know, they try to pitch on the whole forty fifty thousand $50,000 mentorship training thing. And I didn't have it at the time. Uh, by that time I was already laid off. Um, I, I'd taken out whatever I could from my 401k at the time, which wasn't very much. I mean, keep in mind, this is back in 2008, uh, when things were getting pretty rough. Um, and so that's kind of where I started, man. And so, you know, that, that two day class, although they didn't teach me everything, um, mm-hmm. it was enough to tell me that there were other facets of real estate that I could get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what I, what I was really drawn towards was, uh, you know, first off was rehabbing because I like taking ugly things and, and, restoring them right you know being a car guy mm-hmm. and i've always been kind of drawn to that uh but you know i was kind of limited on resources at the time and so what i did was i ended up um you know doing the wholesaling thing right because uh i used to love i just love the thrill of the hunt and trying to find opportunity mm-hmm. um so being a car guy i used to look for rare parts i used to scour the internet to try to find deals and that sort of thing and so naturally that was kind of a natural transition into now I'm just looking for real estate opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, you know, 
basically that's kind of where I got started. Um, you know, the way that they taught me during that time was just to make a crap load of offers to short sales and REOs. Um, and I did that for about nine months before I landed my first deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, during that time, you know, I, I had, you know, obviously naturally as humans were, you know, I'm questioning my, myself. I'm like, dude, am I, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, is this really for me? I'm not seeing results. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I had a, a lead uh, come through in Berkeley on a property, um, you know, where this guy was in trouble. He was, uh, he was actually several months behind on his mortgage payment. He only owed maybe about $67,000 on the property. Um, he already had a place lined up in Texas and, um, I went out there, met with the guy, really sat there, listened to kind of what was going on mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to put a deal together and, uh, I guess the rest was history. And so that kind of just opened my eyes because I said, oh, wow, I could actually work directly with a seller versus mm-hmm. having to make, you know, um, tons of offers every day. Uh, to REOs and short sales. Definitely, man. I think, I think you bring up a lot of good points too. Yeah. Like, what was it like being a, a cold caller in, in the 2000s? Dude? Like, I can't imagine. It was crazy, man. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it was just, they put me on this dialer, they yeah. gave me the script, and then I just, I just went then, those, those are lifelong skills, dude. Like, yeah, you know, at the time, you're just kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, oh man, this is like a dead-end job. I, you know, it's, yeah. You know, although I was, I was probably his top caller for like several months straight. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know how I did it, but, you know, part of it was we had to get social security numbers over the phone. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I look back and like, how the hell did I do it? You know, and so, yeah. um, and then, you know, once we got it, we had a prospect that was interested, we would transfer those to, um, uh, to, you know, his salespeople and they would yeah. help him refine everything. Definitely. So. And for our listeners, like cold calling is a great skill to have because most of your deals doesn't automatically come to you. You have to go out and hunt for them. Absolutely. And most of the time you're going to have to cold call people or you have to door knock people. Like these things are, are pretty much normal in the industry or any successful person you talk to. Like you have to be comfortable, comfortable with, with talking to strangers and getting information from them and working with them, building the raft support immediately. So great, great point, Jimmy. Yeah. And, and, and I look back now, Brian, and, and I'm, I'm glad I kind of went that route. It was like yeah. earning my stripes. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I was calling, you know, I, st- I got really good at, you know, in the beginning, I mean, keep, keep in mind, I didn't have really enough, any formal quote unquote sales experience. Yeah. So it helped me, you know, kind of, sharpen my skills and mm-hmm. you know help me develop thicker skin um you know and just learning about rejection and being comfortable with it you know yeah. so many people these days man they'll, they'll go out they'll learn the stuff and um, they'll apply it for maybe two or three months mm-hmm. and you know they won't see the results and they'll just give up mm-hmm. so you that's know absolutely, yeah. Yeah. that's a really good point man like you have to get used to rejection in this field absolutely you will get so many no's you get so many rude answers. Like you have to develop a thick skin to be able to withstand that. And when you do, it's not just applicable to real estate. It's everything else you decide to do in life. You know, like yeah. any other business you transition to, yeah. dating, and we're we're so about dating as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You got to be comfortable in those, man. I mean, yeah. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, even my guys now, you know, that that I train on the phones. Um, you know, are my sales guys? It's it's getting them comfortable, yeah. With, you know, with rejection, with no, 
you know, and, and it's really just making a game mentally in your head that, hey, mm-hmm. you know, the more no's I get, it's going to get me closer to that one yes. Definitely. You know? Definitely agree with that one. And through your experience, like, I can't emphasize how important it is to attend, like, these seminars, these two-day education classes. You never know what you're going to get from them. And sometimes you go out to the, these events and you get these one-liners that totally change your life. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, Brian, um, so when I first, you know, when, when I started getting, you know, started my journey, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't, you know, uh, YouTube or a bunch of stuff online that I could easy, uh, easily access and, you know, to get information. So during this time, you know, um, I had to learn a lot of that stuff on my own. <clears throat> whether it be just reading a few books or going to whatever local meetups were around at the time. And I think the only thing I found online during that time was, I think it was uh, bigger pockets. And so, um, you know, I just went out there and network with whoever I could and um, you know, whatever I read, I actually applied. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was uh, a game changer for me was just actually going out there and doing it. It's so easy these days to uh, get really, you know, to be stuck in analysis paralysis, given mm-hmm. all the the information really available now, right? Mm-hmm. So all the, you know, all the Facebook forums, all the YouTube stuff, you know, mm-hmm. there's you could be fire hosed with so much information in a short period of time that you you'll be stuck and not know where to go. Mm-hmm. So, and I also want to add on to that point too, you know, like you, you like you mentioned before, like back then there was limited resources, no YouTube, you did a lot of self education. Yeah. I think that 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 quality alone separates like very successful people. It's it's their own like you know you you dive down to self education versus formal education. You know I think self education is very very important. Like what you read online, who you network with, what kind of questions you ask. Like it goes a lot further in you for your business like business mindset, business knowledge than any formal education will ever take you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, to, to, to add to that, Brian, I, um, you know, I wasn't the, the smartest kid in school back then, mm-hmm. you know, as a matter of fact, I dropped out of high school, right. Kind of hung out with the wrong crowd mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, 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 I took a lot of those lessons and, you know, but the, and it really applied it to kind of what I have to do now because I had to survive then, right. And I still mm-hmm. do now. Right. And so part of it too, is just, you know, just being very laser focused on what I have to get done. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and you don't have to be the smartest person, but you have to be resourceful, right? Mm-hmm. So meaning, you know, if there's something you don't know, uh, you have to be resourceful enough to go out and find the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to say, oh, you know what? Uh, for example, I, I, I went out to the county and, hey, you know what? I only got this far. They told me I couldn't do this, right? Mm-hmm. So versus, you know, trying to talk to the right people and, and, and just going out there and just making sure you find the information. People kind of just stop where they, where they stop. Yeah, so you always yeah. ask, how am I going to do it? You never ask, yeah. you don't just stop. You always ask your question like, how am I going to reach that? How am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. And when you start asking those questions in your head, how am I going to do it? You actually find the solutions, you know, because yeah. the great thing about real estate is, is that it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to reinvent any wheel. Like yeah. whatever you have, you're stuck with someone else before you has been stuck with the same problem. All you have to do is ask. Yeah. All you have to do is ask them, how, how'd you do it? Yeah. And you'd be surprised that most people are very generous in their information. You know what? Uh-huh. It, it wasn't very much so the case in the beginning, Brian. I, so I would go to some of these meetups, right? Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, I try to network and talk to people. And, 
you know, I was kind of shy, but at the same time, I was, you know, I was, there, there was a lot of growth going on during this period, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I, I did notice during the time there were a few guys that I know that were doing really well, right? And, you know, they didn't really want to give me information or help me out or, mm-hmm. and, and it's understandable, right? Guys have their own stuff going on. Uh, but one of the things that I kind of promised myself, you know, as I was going through this growth phase was um, if I ever um, achieved any level of success that I would give back and be able to help other people as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think we formed our first, uh, we did our first meetup group in 2010, 2011, somewhere around that time. And um, the relationships that I've built through the meetup and connecting with people, um, it's been invaluable to my career and, and, you know, my life in general. So, um, you know, networking, I mean, this, it's, it's a people business. And as long as you treat people the right way Mm -hmm. and you're you're growing and developing with people, it's, it's going to, it's, it's, it's vital to your growth and your business. I love that too, man. I love your mindset, always helping other people, creating the most value as you can. Yeah. Even with your story before, it's like you helped this guy in Berkeley alleviate his problem, you know? And I think that you came into the right mindset. Like you didn't think like, oh, wow, like my first deal, I'm going to make so much money off this deal. You didn't think of it that way. You're like, oh, wow, this guy is in trouble. I'm going to help him. You know, and that's that's the best approach in, in real estate per se. Um, surprisingly, you know, I mean, it's also morality issue too. Like you're, you're helping creating, this, making a win-win situation for everyone. So for our listeners, like that's, that's also very important too. Like you're in the real estate business to help other people, you know, like obviously like as you're helping more people, like money is just a byproduct. Absolutely. You know? it's just, and, and Brian, that's, uh, and just to interject there, you know, that's, that's honestly with, um, that's really been a game changer for me mm-hmm. when I, you know, changed my mindset from, Hey, you know what? I want to get into real estate just for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, when I really started focusing on actual the person, how can I help this person? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I believe in having uh, a certain mindset where, um, you know, you're going to go in with the intent to really understand uh, what's going on. So you could put, so we could formulate an offer that's going to be perfect. Um, you know, and, and part of that is going there and listen, right. A lot of people, uh, they'll go in there, they'll just throw money at it. Right. There's so, been so many times where um, I wasn't even the highest offer. Right. It's just I actually took the time to sit there and really listen and understand ex- uh, what exactly um, the seller needs um, and why, you know, why did they call me? Right. And so how can I help this person? Right. And so um, having that mentality going in as you're there to serve and help the person versus, you know, the, the money stuff will come. Right. But if you go in there with that mindset, I guarantee you, you'll have a lot more success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll get a lot more deals doing that than you know just going in there just definitely just, and it also helps your reputation too like no one likes a mercenary, mercenary you know like yeah you want to just go in there and create a win-win situation yeah totally brian i mean it goes back to even my lenders right some of my guys though you know i've i've done deals in the past where you know i i didn't make a dime you know and it's only because i had to you know i want to make sure that all my lenders are taken care of sure that they're getting paid and that everybody's happy at the end of the day. Yes. So for me, it's like I said, I value my relationships more than anything. So mm-hmm. we're in it for the long haul. And for those that are starting out, I, I would highly recommend that that's kind of where you want to get your mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're there to serve, whether it be the lender, whether it be a seller, um, you know, and just make sure that you have that mindset going in. 
Definitely. And everything else will take care of itself. 100% agree, dude. Hey, Jimmy, can you walk us through your best real estate deal and your worst real estate deal and what you learned from them? Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, let's let's start off with my worst. So, um, so we got a property. I think it was basically my first uh, rehab in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up purchasing a property. I mean, we made literally every single mistake in the book. We bought it. <laughs> uh, during that time, it was, it was in the worst part of town, right? Um, yeah. It was it was over there on Blue Street, um, pretty much in Hunters Point, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty rough area, but it was in transition at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a smoking deal on it. And so, um, you know, our goal was, okay, let's go in and rehab this thing. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we see this stuff on Flip This House all the time on TV. It shouldn't be that hard, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, numbers always work. Yeah, numbers always work. <laughs> so, you know, we, we did. We, we literally got, I think we got about five uh, estimates on, on the project. Uh -huh. And, you know, they always tell you, hey, you know, just look at every single, you know, look at every single bid. Um, you know, don't just go after the lowest one, right? Yeah. So do your research. And so for us, we just said, you know what? This guy's the cheapest. It came in at 30 grand. Let's just go with him. Mm -hmm. uh, so mistake number one. Uh, but it, but the reason why we did kind of go with him as well is we were using a hard money lender at the time. And mm -hmm. he kind of pointed out, he said, hey, this is the guy that actually goes out and does the inspections for all of our draws. And so I trust him. And so he said, hey, you know what? This guy, you know, we, he should know that what he's doing because he's he's working for the hard money lender. Mm -hmm. you know, at the time, we're trying to build a relationship with the guy, too. So we said, you know what? Yeah, let's go and use him. So $30,000 uh, bid for the job. And so mm -hmm. I think month one, I think we must have had probably three changeovers, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're now we're a month in and our 30000 budget goes into a $50,000 budget, mm -hmm. right? And so we said, okay, it's just part of the deal. And, you know, we, we, we packed enough room in there to where we said, okay, you know, if, if this is, you know, we, we could, we could uh, accept some of these uh, change orders because, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of room. Mm -hmm. And so during this time, and now we're going into month three and four, um, you know, by this time, you know, there were more change orders. Property was broken into several times. They, they had cut our copper, stole of our copper and, you know, basement was flooded. Yeah. Pools were being stolen. It was, it was just, it was just a nightmare. Yeah. So um, during this time, you know, I contacted the, the lender and I said, hey, um, you know, this guy's not working out. You know, I think I'm going to have to let him go, bring in our own people, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, we'll just have to go, you know, go that route. Mm -hmm. So uh, the lender says, hey, Jimmy, let, you know, just keep him on the job. You know, I trust him. You know, maybe he saw some things you did. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, now, now we're nine months into the project, uh, Brian, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we went from a thirty thousand dollar budget to a ninety thousand budget up to You know, and so <laughs> fucked up a majority of our proceeds, you know, our margins, right? And yeah. so um and by this point property was broken into several times again and you know, it was just a nightmare. At this point we just wanted to get rid of it. And so ultimately we got the thing staged. I don't know why. Uh but that was the thing to do. Uh Stager calls me up and says, Hey Jimmy, I'm gonna go get my stuff. Uh, he calls me back. She calls me back an hour later. Hey, Jimmy, where the hell's all my stuff? And, I mean, these guys literally, they must have had like a U-Haul or something, but they took everything from like the fake apples, the fake books, the fake beds, literally everything. Oh, my God. Hunter's it was, Point? It was, it, was a, yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> so, you know, and, and during this time, we had a buyer. We were literally in escrow getting ready to close. And um, 
So we had to disclose what happened to the buyer. Um, thank God the buyer says, you know what? I still want to move forward. Just replace the, um, the stainless steel appliances, replace the washer and dryer, and we're good to go. So, holy moly. Yeah. So, pretty much, you know, we, we were able to get it to the finish line, but, um, you know, that was our first project, our first rehab project, and yeah. uh, lost about $25,000 of our That's not that bad. Yeah, well, you know, it could be worse. Stories I've been hearing, yeah, it could be worse, right? <laughs> but you know what? That, but I, 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 it's kind of the school of hard knocks, right? I mean, we literally yeah. every mistake in the book. We found the wrong area, mismanaged the budget, um, you know, put hired the wrong people, kind of let it drag for about nine months. But you know, I uh, thank God. I mean, ever since that one experience, we've never lost money on a project ever since, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, yeah, you know, and so, you know, I, I I think, you know, that lesson really kind of helped me mm-hmm. uh, sharpen my skills as far as moving forward. And, yeah. uh, you know, that really helped out. But, yeah, that, that one was a nightmare. Oh, my Lord. It wasn't uh, anything like <laughs> <laughs> I, I was telling my friends, there, there's, you never get quite hurt. You know, you you know, you break out with a girl, you feel sad for a few months, you know, you break out with a guy, you feel sad for a few months. When you lose money, you forever, dude. You never lose the memory. Oh God! Yeah, but thank God it was only twenty five thousand. You know, uh, you know, I've heard some horror stories. Yeah, you know, some people as well. But yeah, um, you know, so we've just been a lot more strategic and you know, grown a lot smarter ever since. Definitely, man. Yeah. Right, we need some positivity, man. What's your best deal? <laughs> uh, I've had a few, man, and those are I've had some amazing deals, and and it's not even just the money side of things. It was just you know from people you know literally bawling, crying, close, you know, just mm-hmm. thanking me for helping them, um, yeah. you know, to you know, it's just just the experience of just developing and helping some of these these people and on top of that providing some value to the neighborhood i've had people you know next door neighbors come here and say hey you know thank you so much for you know for restoring and you know bringing this place up you know we're tired of looking at it you know people were breaking into the property doing drugs etc um you know this is crazy it's just being able to play a small role in restoring communities is um and helping people is really the rewarding experience for me and being in this business Mm-hmm. Um, but probably one of the deals that I've really grown the most was, um, uh, we, we did purchase these two lots, um, in Hayward. So originally the leads came in, they were, uh, there were two properties side by side, you know, two smaller houses, um, with, uh, an acre lot each on each side. And so when the, when the lead initially came in, when I, when we were prospecting the guy, we had asked him, Hey, how much do you want for the property? He says, mm-hmm. well, we want a million dollars. Right for each side. Mm-hmm. So I'm running the numbers, I said, dude, this thing only comps out maybe six, six fifty tops for the house. This is, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we kind of looked at the lot, we looked at the area around surrounding the lot. There were, you know, there was a lot of new or newer homes that were uh, within, you know, five to ten years old. So we knew that there was uh, development activity going on in the area. And so this was kind of a little, you know, new to me because I said, okay, well, well what can I do with this thing? All right. Yeah. Um, so I, I consulted with a few people and, um, what year was this, by the way? This was 2017. So oh, pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, you know, we ended up hiring an architect to do a feasibility study to come out, really look at, you know, the lot 
and to really see what we could kind of do with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it turns out we were we we would be able to split lots into and subdivide them in, into uh, initially our initial um, report came in at about thirteen or fourteen properties, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I had gotten a few opinions from a few different people, and ultimately there was a builder that came in and said, you know, hey. Um, you know, I'll partner with you on the project and we'll do it together. We'll get the entitlements and we'll actually, you know, build and, and uh, do the process together. And then there was another guy, another builder that came in and said, hey, you know, I'll give you 2.6 for it right now. Yeah, so, sure. yeah, and, <laughs> you know, that was a great opportunity. But, you know, we ended up going with that offer because I was, you know, it was comfortable going through the entire process. But now, uh, now in hindsight, you know, I'm actually learning the entire Entitlement process now, mm-hmm. uh, I think you know that's it's all part of growth, yeah. and I, I really like this field because uh, a few things. Number one is uh, I, I never, you know, whenever leads come in now or whenever we look at an opportunity, I, I I don't look at it very cookie cutter like I used to. It used to be, hey, you know what this this sells in this neighborhood, you know, uh, 1.5 ARV. I can't pay anymore for this, so it's very cookie cutter. Uh, but now we pretty much dissect the lead every time they come in. Okay, can we add square footage? Can we create value? What 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 zoning is the lot? Right? What are some things that we could do? What what you know? So we're always looking for highest and best use and what other um, you know how we could create value on what's coming in versus hey this is the most I could pay, mm-hmm. right? So that's really helped me grow a lot. And so um, you know that 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 one deal's kind of really opened my eyes. Yeah. Uh, to other opportunities, um, and you know, out there, and so really excited. It's like learning the business all over again. Yeah. So I love that too, because like, you know, it it all goes back to knowledge. You know, like mm-hmm. how much after you get more knowledge, your window of opportunities opens up. You're like, oh wow, like this may not work out for a flip. This yeah. this may not work out for a wholesale, but hey, yeah. it works out for real estate development. You know, just tear it down, build some more. So, to our listeners, this. You're only really stopped by knowledge. Like you're not, you never really stopped by money. You never really stopped by the deal. Like yeah. it's, you're stopped by knowledge. Like whatever, the more you know, the more you can do things. The more you can capitalize and be really creative. Even when the the market is not doing so well, there's always things to do in order to capitalize on the situation. I want to emphasize that. Yep, one hundred percent. And another thing, guys, you know, I'm you know, I'm assuming a lot of the listeners are local is, you know, you're going to price yourself out if you're just going to use the old, you know, 70% minus repairs model, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In some areas, you know, especially here in the Bay Area, you're going to price yourself out using that model. Definitely. You have to be a lot more creative. You have to look at ways where you could create value, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to essentially pull some deals out that normally some people might, you know, might pass on. So that all comes back to knowledge, right? Yep. 100% 100% agree. Yeah. Give me. We're going to transition to the next sec- segment of the show. Sure. We're going to talk more about your short-term goals, your long-term goals, and your motivation. So we'll start with, what are your short-term goals? What do you want to do to like from January to end of next year? Uh, January to the end of next year. So uh, for me, I'm actually in the middle of uh, scaling and building uh, our company out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've pretty much operated very independently the first what first ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and another partner, a couple guys, right? 
uh, but I never really fully scaled the business. And and the only reason why I've, I've really it's become more of a goal for me is because uh, my son's ju- my son just turned about two years old. Oh, wow! Congrats. Congrats, man. <laughs> uh, once you have your, you know, once you have your child, man, it, it it changes the game because, you know, I'm not able to, you know, stay up at two or three in the morning anymore, just you know, doing property analysis and just spending all my time in the business, right? I want to be able to, um, you know, have more balance, right, mm-hmm. as a family, uh, as a business owner, um, and and be able to give back and serve the community as well. So in order to do that, I need to um, really you know, develop and build a team, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 that starts with having the right people in place, right? And so I'm really big on the traction model, right? It's one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, I was doing it, you know, backwards, right? I was just bringing on people. Oh, you're my friend when we bring you on. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work out very good, right? So um, now it's, it's, I'm trying to bring in people that are a lot smarter uh, and, and better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can ultimately just develop them um, in theaters and just to build the, the business out to where it's operating. I, I love that. I love that a lot. I mean, I always try to bring in people a lot smarter than me mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Some people ask me like, Brian, what you, why would you want to do that? Are you, are you threatened by something? I'm like, no, like I want like to work with the best people, you know, like you, you never want to create a business and hiring someone that's not smarter than you. Absolutely. It's also because, you know what I mean? I'm bringing in people that are, you know, way more smarter than I am, right? Yeah. And, and so it, it starts with knowing what your weaknesses are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, mm-hmm. and being, being real with yourself and knowing, hey, you know what? Um, I'm not strong in these areas. I'm going to bring in somebody that is, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things that I, that I was terrible at before was tracking my metrics and KPIs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the way we tracked it before was just, okay, we're making money. We're good. So now we're, we're, we're very granular with everything. Right. And so, yeah. um, and that all, you know, that all comes back to just tracking your metrics and knowing what, what's, you know, what you're doing. So, definitely. Um, yeah. So, that, so my goal, I guess, and, and, you know, to answer your question, Brian, this mm-hmm. is build out my business. Uh, fully scale it to where it's operating fully on its own so I can be able to dedicate way more time um, to uh, mastering the entitlement process and growing as a developer, um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously being a full-time dad, being a, a an awesome dad as well. And being <laughs> Love that, man. Yeah. That was great, dude. Yeah. So I guess like, I kind of links to the next question is like, what is your biggest source of motivation? What keeps you up every, like what wakes you up every single morning Thinking like, hey, I'm gonna attack my goals. I'm gonna crush it. Like, what what is your why? Um, my why, man, is to be honest with you, and it kind of goes further back into my childhood, right? Is to to be the ultimate, um, to be basically my son's idol, you know? Because mm-hmm. growing up, um, you know, I grew up with a kind of a rough background. My 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 father uh, was kind of an alcoholic and. Um, I saw a lot of domestic violence, abuse, and, you know, it was just terrible, right? Yeah. And so my why every morning when I wake up is I, I look and I got to remind myself because there, there are going to be some days, man, where, you know, you're, you worked your, your butt off the day before, you don't want to wake up or, you know, there's, you're, we're only human, right? Yeah. But that really drives me, man, is I look and I say, okay, I want to be able to be a, a solid role model for my son growing up so that, mm-hmm. you know, he sees a dad, you know, worked his ass off. 
and um, dad was resourceful and he was relentless in chasing his goals. And, uh, you know, versus, you know, me spoiling him, I think that's the best thing that I could provide for him, right? I know it's cliche, a lot of people say, hey, you know what, my family is my why. But my family for me is, you know, I mean, you think about it, Brian, it's, it's coming from somebody that was, you know, that, that dropped out of high school hanging out in the streets, you know what I mean? I never thought I would make it this far, right? You know, I have a long way to go. And so since God's given me this opportunity to be able to keep going, I want to be able to make the, you know, to be the best version of me I can be, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I got to remind myself every morning, you know, why, why I'm doing this. Definitely. So, yeah. I love that, man. That's, that's really good affirmation, you know, like to wake up to know that, hey, like I want to be my son's role model. You know, you're the type of person that takes everything you learn from your, all your experiences, you know, like you take, I don't think for you, there's ever such a thing as a lose, lose situation. Like everything's a win for you because you had the right mindset, you know, you had the growth mindset of abundance and, you know, just making sure that, you know, you're giving back to the community, yourself, your customers, your clients, your son. Mm -hmm. So I, I highly appreciate that. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Man. Definitely, man. I guess as we were approaching the last segment of the show, how do you have any, I think you mentioned traction before, but what is your favorite book or podcast that you draw inspiration from? Um, one of my earlier podcasts that I really was really drawn to, to be honest, was uh, Flip to Freedom, Sean Terry. Mm -hmm. um, and the guy, by the way. Oh, it's amazing, you know, because there would be times where I'm going through a rough patch in my business mm -hmm. and I would just crank it up and I just listen to a bunch of his episodes and that'll just drive me to keep going. Yeah. And the reason why I'm drawn to him, to Sean so much, and I owe a lot of my success when he's a great guy, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and to, the reason for that is he talks about, it's not just the nuts and bolts of real estate. Mm -hmm. it talks about being fully aligned. Yeah. Right? You know, that's fully aligned spiritually, right? fully align, you know, with your family and, you know, being a servant and, you know, on top of the real estate stuff. Mm -hmm. So, for me, you know, I, one of the things that there would be times, you know, uh, in the earlier stages uh, of, of my career, Brian, where, you know, I feel like I'm swimming upstream, right? And that's because I wasn't fully aligned everywhere else, mm -hmm. right? And my solution before was just, I'm just going to keep working harder, keep working harder, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're if you're constantly doing that and you're, you know, your health deteriorates, right? Or, you know, your relationship with your family's crap, you know, what good is it, what, you know, to make all that money? Definitely. Right? So for me, you know, I, I fully understand what true wealth is now, right? Mm -hmm. And it's how it's being balanced in all, in all, in all three areas. Absolutely. So, agree, man. You can yeah. be the most wealthy person out there, but without your health, you don't have much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, or you be the most healthy and wealthiest person, and we don't have a family. You're still you're still not aligned, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, big shout out to uh, my partner David and those guys for pushing me to go to the gym every day now. So that's kind of our team building. <laughs> Last time we go to the gym, you know, so I'm trying to get rid of this dad bod, you know, and uh, you know, just 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 trying to be healthier so I can be there for my son. So. Definitely, man. I love that. Yeah. Hey, um, Jimmy, how can our listeners find out more about you and reach out to you? Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I could be, you could reach me at, at the Jimmy two SF. So it's at T H E, uh, my name, Jimmy two J I M M Y T U S F like San Francisco. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm on and off that thing. So definitely make sure to include that in show notes as well. Absolutely. 
Awesome. Hey, Jimmy. Thank you for being on the show, man. I enjoyed it. It's awesome, dude. Hey, thank you for thank you for reaching out to me, Brian. I look forward to us uh, hanging out and uh, you know sharing a few uh, drinks and I'm sure swapping some war stories about uh, in real estate. So look forward thank to it. Man. Thank you, man. Appreciate Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks.